Welcome back, people, to our podcast, Pressing Questions, here from Red Bull Salzburg with an announcement. It's Brendan Aronson, our new player coming from the United States of America. I'm very blessed to have him on here on our podcast. How are you doing, Brendan? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're blessed to have you. Um, uh, everything came so quick, and um, I think it's it's for you as well. Um, at such a young age, a quite decisive moment in your career, and um, maybe you just want to tell us how everything came together and how you ended up being a Red Bull Salzburg player. Yeah, so I'm, I'll start from from the beginning. I mean, this year has kind of been a whirlwind year. These past two years, so I signed my first professional contract with the Philadelphia Union two years ago. And from then on, I've been playing a bunch, a bunch of games with them, and I've been getting more and more playing time. And I think Red Bull Salzburg scouted me, and they wanted me as a player. And I couldn't let up the the opportunity because just I see the way they play, I see the resume, the players that they develop, just the the way, just really the way they play, and it's an amazing, amazing opportunity for me. So I couldn't pass up. One funny thing is, um, only today have I spoken with our director of football, Christoph Freund, and he said, hey, we scouted him for 18 months. When did you first realize that you were scouted by, by Salzburg? Yeah, I think it, I think I started like hearing more about it, I think about six months ago. I think that I was on their radar, and that's when other European clubs were starting to look at me and stuff like that. But I think that it all started to kind of ramp up with uh, Salzburg about th two to three months ago, I think. After the MLS's back tournament, I don't know if you know what that was, but that was down in Florida that happened for a few months. And I think from there on, it got more and more, kind of the interest grew more and more. So I think that's where it started to hit off. Was it always your ambition to go to Europe and maybe make it on, let's say, the big stage? I mean, MLS is, is also a, a growing league, but in a great scheme of football, you might want to make it in Europe, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, for sure. I think for Americans, I, I Americans don't really get that kind of fit, like our league's growing. It's not like where it is in Europe right now. But I think for young American soccer players, I think it's every kid's dream. It was my dream to be a professional soccer player in Europe and play on the big stage, Champions League, Europa League, in the leagues of Europe. Just how how competitive it is over there, and that's that's always really been a huge dream of mine. That the funny thing was when I first heard your name, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago. We in the in the marketing department get these news usually very late. You, you count one and one together, and you think, okay, it's an American player with an American coach. How much did um, Jesse Marsh have an impact on your transfer or on your decision to join Salzburg and not another team? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was a huge part of it too. But I think it wasn't only just him. I think it was the club in general, and I think just seeing the pedigree of the club and how it works and the way that they play, I think it fits my style. But for sure, Jesse had a huge role in that. And I saw his Red Bull teams when he was here. I used to watch them when they, they won the Community Shield, which is when you win the league here, and went on good playoffs runs with him and had really good years other than that. And I really, really like him as a coach, and I think he's perfect for me as a player. And yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to get ready to get ready to play for him. And I think it's just going to be a huge step in my career. And I'm just really, really excited. Are you talking about uh, your style of play? And I'm sure a lot of Americans will be listening now. Um, they already know what to expect of you. But for those who don't know Brendan Aronson quite yet, um, how would you describe your style of play? Yeah, no, I, I think I'm a creative energetic midfielder that loves to get forward 
and make stuff happen, either getting assists or goals. And yeah, I think that not only on the offensive side I work hard, but on the defensive side of things I work hard too. I, I give my everything every single game too. I think you described it perfectly. I mean, I, I did a little bit of YouTube scouting and that's where you usually only see the highlights. So every, every player uh, looks good on the first glance. But what I really... Um, What struck me was your incentive to always go forward. And this forward thinking is really the mentality that is um, uh, brought to practice here in Salzburg. Another thing that uh, we talked about today when I spoke to, to Christopher and he said um, there weren't uh, usually many players around Europe that uh, were from the United States and those that made it usually went to Europe uh, pretty early, like uh, Christian Pulisic, like Jordi Reyna, like these players, uh, Weston McKenney as well. Uh, but it's an unusual way to start off in America, go through the academy system there and then uh, come to Europe. What makes you believe that that was the right way for you or maybe um, now is the right time to switch over to Europe? Yeah, I think for, for anybody, I think getting over to Europe as soon as you can, I think it just gives you more of an ability to grow over there and see what it's like getting pushed every single day in every single game. And I think that's a little bit different than America. But I think, yeah, I think that, like you said, Christian went over there early, Gio went over there early, Weston did. I think there's all types of routes now as a player, and I think the MLS is just growing. So now all these clubs in Europe are seeing the MLS getting better and better. Now they're scouting these kids. So the MLS is now starting to play the young kids a lot more than they did in the past. They usually young Americans were kind of pushed to the side at one point, but now they're really starting to play them. And I think it's starting to get a lot more attraction. I think so too. One thing that he said, and that's also um, my perception, um, once Americans take things seriously, you, you, you recognize it. Like um, there's an absolute change in, in, in soccer, as you call it, uh, over there in the last few years. Would you say that football is already on maybe levels with the four big sports or is it still lacking behind? For America, I think it's still lacking behind for sure. I think that it, it's just an American way that you grow up watching football, basketball, baseball. I think that those are just the big sports here. But for soccer, it's for sure on the come up. And you can see that the people in the stadium, the people following the game, people like just talking about it. I think it's just getting way bigger in the States and it just needs to keep growing here and we'll keep developing really good players. So the obvious question now is, how did you become a football player and not a, let's say, basketballer? Maybe f that's because of size, but yeah. let's say not a <laughs> American footballer. Yeah, I definitely couldn't play the basketball or football. <laughs> but uh, no, for uh, my dad, my dad was a huge part of my development. He played soccer in college over here. So he went to a university called Monmouth University, which is in New Jersey. And he taught me everything I know. Um, he's been a huge, he's been a huge part of my whole success. And uh He's trained me from day one. I remember he he put me in front of a TV watching Liverpool and Liverpool was my favorite team. So I started watching them there. But then from then on, I was just practice every single day with me and my brother. I have a younger brother named Paxton. And just the love from the game just came off from that. And I would just never stop playing and working extremely hard. Since I'm calling you via Skype, which uh, obviously our listeners will not see, but uh, is there Steven Gerrard on the wall <laughs> yeah, right it behind is, it? Is. I have uh, Steven Gerrard and then... Uh, when they won the Champions League in the middle in the middle of my room right back there that poster <laughs> uh, funny thing see um when when we talk about um the development for players in Austria usually nine out of ten they go to football academies pretty early and then they make their way into the first team um 
But for Americans, it, it, it can be different. I think um, the academies are pretty new. And when I see um, what Jesse Marsh has done in his career, he went through the, the universities and he went to Princeton and became a footballer still. How was it for you? Was there ever a, a decision to make the whole high school, university stuff, college stuff, or go to an academy? And how does the academy system work over there? Because I don't think people are aware. Yeah, no, for sure. Good question. I think that for for me, when I grew up, I played for my club team, which is the town team named Metford, New Jersey. I started there. We had a, I had a really good team around me, which was good from a young age. We won a lot of things. And then from then, my dad is the club owner of this new club that just came. It's called Real New Jersey. So after Medford, I went to Real New Jersey. And it's kind of like a all New Jersey kind of all-star team, I guess you can say. So they brought a lot of the kids together. And we all started playing. And we were really good. And we, we competed in national championships and stuff like that. So from then on, I got scouted by the Philadelphia Union to join the Union Juniors. And from then on, I just worked up from Union Juniors from U14s, U16s, U18s, and then up into the second team. And I ended up going to high school for one year in my town. But then the Union, the Philadelphia Union started a school. It's just a soccer school for kids to go there and also learn their academic studies and also go to play soccer two times a day. So I think going to that school, it's called YSC Academy, was a huge step in my career because I was getting double the training. And it was helpful on the school because I wasn't having to drive every single day to training and do my homework from my regular high school. I could actually go to, I could go to training and then come back and do my schoolwork then. So just the whole philosophy of the union and how they change things to make it kind of look like you're up. It, it, they're really taking steps in the academy now, which is huge. And then from going on to the second team, I started playing with them for two years and then I really started playing well. And then I made my way up to the first team and here I am now. Uh, who would you say was the most influential person in your career so far? Yeah, there's a few people that come to mind. I think that my dad for sure takes that list. He's been the most influential because he's the first person I go to to see if I played a good game or not because he's, he's a harsh critic on me and I love that. And a few other people would probably have to be the Union 2, the Bethlehem Steel, the second team of the Union's coach too at the time, Brendan Burke. Um, I had an academy coach named Chris Brewer. And I also have my coach now, Jim Curtin, who's been huge in my progress. And he's shown a lot of trust in me. And I can't thank him enough for that. Since this is a big step, I mean, living in another country where an, another language is spoken, is it more um, the case that you like a challenge or is there a little bit of, I wouldn't say fear, but a little bit of that element uh, going to a different country? Um, it, it, does it play a part? Yeah, for sure. I think that for me, I love challenges and this is something, this is a challenge that I've wanted to take on my entire life and I think I'm ready for it. But there's always that side of you that you're going to miss your family. You're going to miss being around your family. Like I live at home, so I'm definitely going to miss my family, my girlfriend, uh, my friends. That's that's always part of a soccer soccer player's journey. So I, so I think that for me, I think it's just I'm ready for the challenge and I've kind of set my mind to it. And I'm really, really excited to be a Red Bull Salzburg player. Yeah, that's that was actually the next question I was going to ask you. You know, if 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 one checks out um, your Instagram profile, one imme immediately sees you know you have a girlfriend. Does she come over or only yeah. for visits? No, that's a good question because I I I she goes to college here, so I want her to f fulfill her what what she wants to do here, and I want her to get her degree here, 
and be able to do what she wants to do. Not only me and she, she, I don't want her to just follow me, but I want her to do what she wants to do. But we're still talking about it. We're still trying to figure it out, but I'm sure everything's going to be great. All right. Um, one thing I haven't asked you is about role models. Um, usually, um, when, when I'm asking around the team, they usually come up with the best, like Messi, Neymar. Others come up with the local heroes of their individual team. Uh, I think uh, Rasmus Christensen, he, he told me he grew up in Denmark and there was one player who's called uh, Mohamed Zidane. Uh, not, not quite the original Zidane, but he was the hero of his individual team when he was growing up. So um, who did you grow up al along and who was your role model from the beginning? Yeah, so like I said, my dad put me in front of a TV watching Liverpool, watching EPL Sundays and Saturdays every single weekend. So for me, it was Steven Gerrard uh, growing up and Fernando Torres. I liked both of them as a pair when they were on that team. But for me, just Gerrard, because I think that he went out every single weekend and really played his heart out. And he could score goals, he could assist, he could hit free kicks, he ran his butt off every single game. I think that was just something I really admired about him. And I still try to bring to my game today. And he plays the same position as you. Another thing is, um, you obviously, uh, Jesse Marsh is, is doing quite well doing so. Uh, we'll have to learn another language. Um, I'm not familiar if you had any German lessons uh, in school, maybe. I, I guess not. <laughs> no, no, I... I didn't. I took Spanish in high school and uh, middle school and stuff. But we will help. Um, I, I have prepared a little challenge, and these are five five phrases, football phrases, and these are all nouns. So uh, I, I'm I'm already setting boundaries here so that you have it a little bit easier guessing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first one is a hoosier. What is a hoosier? Um, are they soccer related or just anything in general? All soccer related. All soccer related. Okay. Hoosier. Pass the ball? Yeah, it's it's actually quite good. It's it's a rondo. Like if you play a rondo oh, in training. Oh, yeah, rondo, yeah. Yeah, um, that's called Hoosier in German. Like in, in Austrian German, to, to be precise. Uh, second one is um, Balshani. Balshani. Dribbling? I want to say like dribbling, like dribbling between cones or like, is it like a drill? No, that's uh, actually the ball boy. So if you're a Balshani, you're a bald boy. Oh, okay, okay, Balshani. Uh, third one is uh, Zena. Zena? <laughs> Sprinting? No, that's um, Zen is the number 10. So if you're wearing the number 10 shirt, then you're technically quite esteemed. Um, you usually refer to as Zena, and that's the most creative player, the central offensive player in the team. So that might be you. Okay, okay, Zena. People like might refer to you as Zena. Zena, okay, cool. I like that one. The fourth one is Wuchtel. What's a Wuchtel? I have been taking German lessons, though, I will say that, but these aren't these aren't clicking for me. Um, <laughs> like a drink almost? No, it's a it, it, it's a, a dialect word for ball. And the last one, you you might get this one actually, um, because these were very hard. Uh, Shiri. So who's the Shiri? Who is the Shiri? Okay, you gave me the coach. Uh, Player. The referee. The referee. referee. Right. So if you want to complain, you say, Shiri, what's going on? Yeah, 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 that's a good one too. These are all good ones. I need to know these are good. Uh, I, I can send them to you, actually. I actually do that. I actually, that, those are actually good words that I need to know. I think the other ones, the other players will be impressed if you come up with any of these phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's also um, maybe a sign that we slowly but surely come to an end. Um, but if you have anything 
maybe for the fans to say maybe you you, you want to get your message out um what they can expect of you and i'm sure they're pretty excited when you finally join salzburg in winter what do you want them to know yeah i think that for me i'm going to give everything i can for this club i'm extremely extremely excited and grateful for this opportunity that you guys have shown me and uh i'm going to do all that i can for this club and hopefully an amazing time here well perfectly said uh i thank you very much for taking time I appreciate it yeah i appreciate you and uh, yeah uh Tune in the next time when we air an episode of Pressing Questions. Like, share and subscribe and maybe tell a friend about our podcast. Until the next time, bye-bye. Bye, thank you.